This is Jason Hansen, pastor of Anchor Church. Thank you for jumping onto our sermon podcast. My prayer is that as you listen to this sermon, you're encouraged in your walk with Jesus and that you live for him in all of life. Enjoy the sermon now. Hey, welcome to Anchor Church. Uh, my name is Chris Amaro. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm, it's my privilege to get to share God's word with you guys today. And I want to share with you guys a, a little story. It's a little embarrassing for me. But uh, back in, uh, it was probably around when Olivia was around two years old, we were at Fiesta Mall. Anyone ever go to Fiesta Mall? I grew up in that place, Fiesta Mall. And uh, I think they just tore it down this week, or they started tearing it down. So, uh, but uh, we're there, we, Ruthie and I were, were young married, we had only one child, and we would go to the playground there and let Olivia and, and our other kids eventually, when they were born, play. Well, one day we're sitting there, and, you know, I don't know, I don't even know how this happened. We didn't even have iPhones yet, right? <laughs> but I took my eyes uh, off Olivia for a second. And after a little while, I was, I was kind of scanning the playground. It's like, hey, honey, you see Olivia? And we're looking around, and, and we didn't see her. So we jump up. We start, you know, throwing kids out of the way, you know, looking under the, the toys and the slides, and she's not there. So we panic. I, I tell Ruthie, you head that way. I'll head this way. And we start searching for her. Ruthie's crying. She goes to security, all hands on deck, all security is going to all the doors. And uh, Ruthie has this little, little light bulb moment in her mind, right? And she thinks, you know what? I'm going to check the Disney store, right? <laughs> so she walks into the Disney store, and Olivia's in there having the time of her life, not even scared, not even concerned. She doesn't think she's lost. She knows where she's at, right? She's playing with the, the, the Disney toys in there. And, and, I, and reflecting back, I think my biggest lesson is, Thank God I didn't have Candy Crush at that time. Because I don't think we would have ever found her. I would have been on Candy Crush. <laughs> but no, really the, the real lesson is there, right? When, when there's things that are important in your life, right? It's important to keep your eyes on them, right? Sometimes if we take our eyes off of certain things, it can get us in trouble. For example, maybe you've uh, been on the road and you've taken your eyes off the road. Right? If you take your eyes off the road, you're going to end up in, a, in an accident. And I've been there, so don't text and drive. All right? If you take your, you're playing a sport, you take your eye off the ball, right? you're going to get smacked with the ball in the face. If things are important in your life, you, you, you take care. Right? You, you keep your eyes on them. You, you pay extra attention, whether it's your kids or your, your finances or your health. And today I want to talk to you about taking our eyes off Jesus, right? If we take our eyes off of Jesus, and that's the big idea, it leads to unbelief. It leads to unbelief. And so as we look at this text today in Mark, we're going to see that everyone in this, in this text has, is dealing with some different type of unbelief, right? And when we take our eyes off Jesus, and it, it, just like right? You can lose your child or, or take your eyes off the road. You can get in a car accident. It can lead us to, to uh, unbelief. And so when I talk about unbelief, I'm not saying that the type of unbelief where you totally just lose your faith, right? It's not like, uh, oh, I took my eyes off Jesus. Now, now I'm not in relationship with him. Just like example, right? I took my eyes off my daughter, but I still loved her. She's still my child. 
But, but we can have these seasons where our, our belief wavers, right? And it can get us into to problems, especially in, in seasons of discouragement. When times get hard and you're, going, you're just going through it, it's easy to take our eyes off Jesus. And it's even easier, I think, even actually when times are going well, right? When we're comfortable, we have everything we need, we can take our eyes off Jesus and it will lead to unbelief. And so that, let, I want to look at this text today and show you that, that everyone is dealing with unbelief. So we're going to read it. We're going to break it down and, and try to really live this out to really see how, how this applies to us. So open up to Mark chapter 9. It's starting at verse 14. It's a long text, so bear with me, but it's, it's this amazing story of, of Jesus's power over a demon and and his love and, and compassion. And uh, so let's, take, let's put our eyes on Jesus. It says here, when they came to the disciples, uh, this is Jesus, uh, Peter, James, and John. They're coming off the, the, the Mount of Transfiguration. So they come to the disciples. They see a large crowd around them and scribes disputing with them. When the whole crowd saw him, speaking of Jesus, they were amazed and ran to greet him. He asked them, what are you arguing with them about? Someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive it out, but they couldn't. He replied to them, you unbelieving generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him to me. So they brought the boy to him when the when the spirit saw him, it immediately threw the boy into convulsions. He fell on the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening to him? Happening to him Jesus asked his father. From childhood, he said, and many times it has thrown him into fire or water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately the father of the boy cried out, I do believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a, a crowd was quickly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Then it came out shrieking and throwing him into terrible convulsions. The boy became like a corpse so that many said he's dead. But Jesus, taking him by the hand, raised him and he stood up. After he had gone into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And he told them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer. So we look at this text. Amazing story, right? Jesus' power over the demonic. Jesus' power to heal. Jesus, and you see this interesting line in the middle of this where Jesus says, you unbelieving generation." Right? Jesus is dealing with something even greater than just, just this demonic oppression, but these, 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 this unbelief that is happening here, right? because everyone is, is unbelieving. And, and I find it interesting that you know, the author Mark, when he, put, when, he, when he shapes this gospel, he puts this story right in the middle of two predictions of Jesus' death and resurrection. Right? He's putting, he sandwiches it right in the middle. And if you, if you look at those incidents, the disciples are struggling to believe and to understand 
Jesus' mission and, and what he's going to do and how he's going to die. And, right? and just, Peter doesn't even want it to happen. And, and Jesus, Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan, remember? So they're, they're, they're struggling with, unbe- with unbelief. And, and Jesus is addressing it. And, and, and as Mark crafts this gospel, he's addressing this unbelief here. And so we're going to look at uh, three types of unbelief in this text, right? Because everyone's unbelieving, right? Uh, there's the, a blind unbelief that is there with the, the scribes, these religious leaders. There's a, a, a discouraged unbelief that's happening with the Father, right? He prays if you can. He prays a discouraged prayer. And then there's this self-sufficient unbelief that's happening here with, uh, with Jesus' disciples, right? So let's, let's get into this. Let's look at this blind unbelief, right? These are the religious leaders. These are the scribes. These are the ones that have been entrusted with the scriptures, and not everyone at this time doesn't have a, a Bible in their hand. They don't have an app on their phone where they can go to the scriptures. Uh, right? These are in scrolls. These are the, the scribes have God's word. And, and, and so they're the ones, above all, who should know God's promises. They know that there's a Messiah that is coming. Uh, they, they should have seen the signs. They're the ones that should have recognized Jesus. And yet... They didn't, right? They reject Jesus. They oppose Jesus, uh, even to the point of where they're, they're trying to have Jesus killed, right? And ultimately, the religious leaders are successful in this, and they crucify Jesus. And they have this blind unbelief, right? They've just decided in their mind that Jesus is not the Messiah. He's not the one. He's not the one we're waiting for. He doesn't fit what we were expecting of, of the Messiah, and so they reject him. And, 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 I, and I, I didn't grow up in the church. So I remember being in this place of blind unbelief. And, and one, of my, uh, one of my biggest regrets in life, I remember around eighth, ninth grade, one of my cousins coming to me excited, telling me that someone had invited her to youth group. And I, and I made fun of her, you know, what are you going to go be a church, church kid? You're going to be a, a goody good. And, you know, I mocked her. And she didn't end up going. Uh, later on in, in, in her teens, she, she ended up being a teen, again, pregnant as a teenager and, and dealing with some drug issues. And so, like, that's, that just, it just hurts me to think about that, right? I, but I was in that place where, uh, of mocking, of opposing Jesus, of not knowing Jesus, right? And, and so I can relate with these, these guys a little bit. And maybe, maybe you're here, and you don't know Jesus, right? You don't know God. You're here. This is all, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm new to this. Maybe, maybe you've been hostile towards, towards God. Maybe you've just rejected him in your heart. Maybe, or maybe you're not necessarily rejecting him, but you're skeptical, right? Maybe you're skeptical. You're not quite sure. Was this, was Jesus, a, or did Jesus really walk the earth? Was Jesus really God? Did he, he rise from the grave? And so I want to just challenge you if you're in that place, right, where I don't know, right? I don't, I don't know God. And if you'd acknowledge that, I, I want to encourage you guys to, to look to Jesus, right, to look at this story, to, to consider, to open your, your, your mind and your heart to see that, that Jesus might actually be, be God. 
Right? And I want to challenge you guys to do that today if you find yourself in that place. Don't harden your heart. Open your heart and, and consider that Jesus may be Lord. The second type of unbelief is the discouraged father. He's got discouraged unbelief. Right? I, I, try to put yourself in the father's shoes. Right here, Here's a guy whose son, since he was a child, and now he's a boy, we don't know the ages, but for a good period of time, his, his child has been dealing with this demonic oppression. I mean, that's scary, right? Demons are scary. It's evil, right? He's staring evil in the eye. Uh, his son is, and this demonic oppression has led his, his child to have these, these seizure-type episodes, right? And, and this, this demonic force is trying to, trying to destroy him, throwing, trying to throw him in fire, throw him in water, right? Imagine as a, as a, as a parent tr trying to live with that, that fear, right? That constant fear. You have to be hyper vigilant to be watching him every moment. You cannot take your eyes off your child. It's, it's, it's terror, right? It's a nightmare. And I imagine this man has, and so what, one thing I want to just acknowledge is, is the demon, demonic is real, right? De, uh, Satan is real, uh, and, and, and he wants to devour. And I think uh, one thing I don't want to say is not, not everyone who is sick or, or dealing with some kind, kind of condition, it's not necessarily all, it's not all demonic, all right? But demons are real. Uh, I watched The Sound of Freedom this week. I uh, highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. But if you watch a movie like that, which is talking about child trafficking in this world, I mean, that's just, that's just a sign that, that Satan is, is real and he's working and wants to destroy. And he preys on the, the vulnerable. And I think especially when, when we're sick, he, he wants to take advantage of the vulnerable. And he wants to crush us, Right? So, so, but, but, so this is what this father is dealing with, and, and, and he's discouraged. I imagine, now imagine this day, right? He's come looking for Jesus, and he finds his disciples, and these disciples can't heal his son. I'd imagine he's tried to go to the temple, he's tried every doctor, and now he's looking for Jesus. The disciples can't do anything, and, and now these, the scribes are there, and it says that, that they're disputing so they're disputing with them. So they're arguing with the disciples. They're probably, I imagine, mocking the disciples because they can't heal him. And, you know, see, you think Jesus is, is the Messiah? What are you doing following him? And now he's, he's just ended up here, and he's kind of like a, like, he's become like a, a sideshow, right? Like, these religious leaders are enjoying it. The crowd's watching. And imagine being that, dis, that just the discouragement, the discouragement. And uh, so I, I, I can identify because uh, when I, in 2019, uh, Ruthie was, was sick and it was really bad. It was really tough. And I spent, I, I remember being in this place where this man is and spending nights on my face, literally on the ground praying like, God, would you move? Right. And, and I remember praying those discouraged prayers like, God, uh, are you real? Are you even there? God, do you care? Do you still love me? You know, God, do you, are, are you punishing me? 
Did I do something wrong? Right? You, you pray those discouraged prayers. God, if you can. Right? You start doubting. Like, God, can you? Are you able? Are you willing? And that's the prayer this man is praying. Right? It's this if you can prayer. Right? If you can, Jesus. If you can do anything, please help me. Right? So that just tells you he's dealing with unbelief in his heart. This discouraged unbelief. And what does Jesus says? He says, all things are possible uh, for the one who believes, right? And so this man's belief is, right, it's wavering. There, there's something there, but it, it's discouraged, right? And the, and the beautiful thing uh, in this text is God, Jesus uh, works through just that tiny little unbelief, right? This man is, is moving towards Jesus. He's, he's seeking Jesus, and, and Jesus, Jesus, because he is the one that has the power, right? This man's belief, although it's weak, is not what has the power. Jesus, the object of belief, is the one who has power, right? So, you know, Jesus says all we need is a little mustard seed, and we can come to him. We can come to him discouraged. We can come to him and cry out to him and, and move towards him, and, and so that I want to encourage you that maybe you find yourself in that place where you're just discouraged. You've just been going through it. It feels like multiple seasons of suffering, whether it's sickness or, or maybe some kind of conflict or family strife or, or financial troubles, whatever you might be going through. Maybe you're just discouraged. And I want to encourage you to, to look to Jesus. Right? This is all about keeping our eyes on Jesus. When we take our eyes off Jesus, it leads to unbelief. But this man is, is moving towards Jesus. That's the right direction we move, is towards Jesus, even in our discouragement. Right? Even when all we have is, Lord, help my unbelief. Right? That's, that's a great prayer. Right? So if you're praying, if God, you're not quite sure, keep moving towards God. Keep crying out to him and trust that he is able, right? The power is not in us. The power is in Jesus, the one who we believe in. The third type of unbelief is self-sufficient unbelief, and that's the disciples. This one is, is a little more subtle. It's harder to see, but I, I believe they are dealing with self-sufficient unbelief. And, uh, and the reason I say that is they couldn't cast out the demon, right? So they're trying to, trying to heal the boy, and they can't do it. And at the end of this, this text, they ask Jesus, hey, why weren't we able to, to cast this demon out? And Jesus says this type requires prayer. This indicates that they have not been praying, right? They weren't praying. They were trusting in themselves in their own power. They were thinking, we can do it, right? We can do it without Jesus. And they're trying to do it without him. And, and now, right, they're exposed. They cannot do anything without Jesus. They have not been trusting in Jesus' power to move through them. And I think another thing about these guys is they are in a, they're in a good season in life, all right? You, you got to remember, right now, Jesus is very popular. He's being opposed by the religious folks, but, but he's popular. 
and there's been these crowds, and, and Jesus has been doing all these amazing miracles and, and, and healings, right? He's, he's, they've seen him walk on water and calm the wind and the waves, and, and he's, the blind are seeing, and the lame are, are getting up and walk, and, and the deaf can hear. And This is an amazing time uh, for them right now. Right? And they're, they're getting, they got chosen to follow Jesus, and, and they're anticipating the coming of the kingdom of God. Right? And, and now everyone, uh, there was people, misconceptions about the kingdom that they all had, but they were expecting Jesus is about to be the king of Israel. Right? He's going to restore Israel, he's, and we're along for the ride. Right? We're about to be rich. We're going to be on his right hand and his left hand. And if you, if you don't believe me, in the next chapter, they're arguing. Is that the next? No, nope, just the next uh, couple texts over there. They're arguing about who's the greatest, right? They want to be on the right hand and the left hand. They want the top spot once Jesus is king. And so they're in this, in this place in life where, man, we're doing really good. We're excited about what's coming. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're experiencing some prosperity. And, uh, and, and so kind of when things are comfortable is the easy, very easy when, when we're comfortable to take our eyes off Jesus, right? We begin to trust in ourselves to think that, that we can do it on our own. We don't need God, right? Because when things are going good, we, we kind of take, want to take credit for it. Like I did this, right? And, and, and we can look away from Jesus because we're comfortable. We got plenty of food on the table. We got a roof over our head. We got money in the bank. Like life's going really good. And, and I'll, I'll just be honest. I'll, I'll confess is when life is easy, is it, it's when it's easier for me not to trust God, to do it on my own. I've been doing ministry for over 20 years. And, and, and it's easy to, you can start to think like, you know what, I, I know how to do it, Right? Or maybe you've been a, a believer for, for a while, and I know how to do this thing, right? And, and we start to trust in ourselves and, and think, and right, trust it in this self-sufficient unbelief. We take our eyes off Jesus. And, and um, it just, one of the things, well, here's the thing. When, when times are hard, right? When we're going through those discouraged times, when we're suffering, all we have is Jesus. So we're looking to him, we're praying. Most people and most of us, those are the seasons we grow in. Those, those times of, of trial and difficulty, that's when God really works in our, in our lives and we have to look to him. We have no other choice and, and God shapes us and molds us and transforms us. But in the easy times, that's when we tend to grow, grow stagnant in our faith. Right? Those are the harder times. Uh, Pastor Tom Schrader, who was my pastor at East Valley Bible Church, would, would often talk about uh, the, the test of, of prosperity. He would say, you know, most of us, most Christians, most believers will, will pass the test of those trials, right? The difficulties. But not many believers will, will pass the test of, of prosperity. Right? When, we're, when, we're, when everything's good. Right? We think we don't need God until, until we're kind of like in the place where these, the disciples are and they, they just hit a wall, right? They realize they can't do it. 
in all of us at some point when we're going through that 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 prosperous time where we're we're self-sufficient and we turn from Jesus at some point we will be exposed right we'll realize how much we need Jesus and I think the number one thing that will be a sign that you are in that self-sufficient unbelief is is prayerlessness right that's what they weren't do they stopped praying right when we stop praying we we think we don't we got this Right? We don't need Jesus. We stop looking to Jesus. We stop praying. And, uh, and, and uh, until, right, until, uh, unfortunately, it's like until we need one of those more difficult seasons to kind of recalibrate ourselves. I mean, I, I just think about the, the Judges cycle, if you know the book of Judges. I mean, God's people, Israel, what did they do? Like God would bless them. They'd take their eyes off, off God turn to idols, right? And then and they turn away from God and then some kind of difficulty, some kind of oppression, another nation would, would, would attack them or famine would happen, something would happen and then they'd cry out to God again, right? That's us. <laughs> that is us. And so if you're in, let's just say you're in that, in that place of self-sufficient, unbelief, you've taken your eyes off Jesus, you're not praying, I want to encourage you to, to press into Jesus. Keep looking towards him. You might be in that season so that you can be used by God to be a blessing to others, right? He blesses us to be a blessing. And so that might be a, a season where you can be used by God in a powerful way to help maybe those who are in, in a place of discouragement right? To, to be generous with, with what God has given you, to use that, uh, the margin. Maybe you have some extra margin in your time to, to serve God and, and to pour out into others, right? To, to, uh, and to press into community, right? Because the opposite thing is when we're self-sufficient, we don't think we need those things, but we do, right? Those are the things that help us keep growing in our belief and keep our eyes on Jesus and keep trusting him, and so I want to encourage you that. Put your eyes back on Jesus, right? And here's the, here's the good news in all this. Here's the good news in all the Everyone here is struggling with unbelief. Everyone here in this audience, everyone here in this story, is, is, we're dealing with different levels of unbelief in our hearts, in our lives. And, and the good news we see in this story is that Jesus does not abandon us in our unbelief. I mean, think about how gracious, right? Even, even it looks like Jesus is a little frustrated, right? Like, God, how long am I going to be with this unbelieving generation? But Jesus doesn't say, you know what, forget these guys, right? I'm out of here. I can't deal with you guys anymore. No, Jesus moves in. Jesus st sticks with them. And, and this, although this, this father's faith is wavering, right, he's got a small little mustard seed. Little, uh, he's got this discouraged unbelief. Jesus still heals him, right? And there's this powerful scene, right? The, the, the demon throws the kid on the ground. It, it, you know, he, he casts the demon out. It, it, he, the boy looks like he's dead. Jesus picks him up, right? Jesus is the one that has the power, right? And so we, that's where we put our belief in him. And so here's the beautiful thing too, is that Jesus doesn't say to the the father or anyone here, he doesn't say, know what? Go, go, grow, get your, go grow your faith, right? 
Go get your belief level higher. Get, get this belief meter higher, and then, I, then I'll heal your son. Right? He doesn't say, hey, go, you know what? go to the temple and, and go offer a sacrifice. He doesn't say, hey, you know, go, go spend six months and, and, be, and be better, right? Uh, read more, pray more, serve more. He doesn't tell them things to do, right? He doesn't say, hey, go get your life together. Do better. Try harder. No, he just, he, he responds to him in this discouraged unbelief, and he heals his son. And that's the beautiful thing, right? We, we don't have, if we're, if we're wavering wherever we're at, whether we're blind unbelief, whether we're, we're discouraged unbelief, self-sufficient unbelief, we don't have to leave here and say, okay, I'm going to really get it together now. No, just press in towards Jesus, right? Just move towards Jesus like this father did, right? Help my unbelief, Lord. Help my unbelief. And Jesus moves and Jesus responds. He doesn't put up barriers between us. He, he, you know, he, he offers grace and his and relationship and his love. And so all of us move in towards Jesus, all right? So how do we live this out? How do we keep our eyes on Jesus? I have two kind of live it out points. The first one is, and I was already kind of on this path, is run to Jesus, not away from him. Run to Jesus, not away from him. Satan wants you to feel guilty. He wants you to feel ashamed. He wants you to feel terrible about your unbelief so that you'll move away from God, right? And often in, in our shame and in our guilt, maybe we just haven't pursuing, been pursuing God. We haven't been praying. We've been kind of on the wrong track, doing our own thing, struggling with sin, and we, and, and we tend to want to run and hide from Jesus. Don't run from Jesus. Move towards him, right? Because that, even that discouraged unbelief, there's still some belief here, right? And when you're moving towards Jesus, you're moving in the right direction. So press in, press in. Don't run away from God, right? See your need. Cry out to him, Lord, even if it's just, Lord, help my unbelief. Cry out to Jesus. Move towards him. And number two is pray honest prayers. Like God can handle, God can handle your prayers. He can handle your doubts. He can handle your, your frustration. I mean, if you look at the Psalms, you see a lot of these Psalms of lament where, where it's just like, God, where are you? Have you abandoned me? Have you forsaken me? You can cry out and you can pray those prayers, right? Pray them. And, and, and I, I want to encourage you to pray. Maybe uh, an, another thing you can uh, discipline in your life to help keep your eyes on Jesus is you can grab a journal and, and start writing in a journal, right? Write down a prayer list and, and start praying for that, that thing, right? Praying for those things that are on your list. Uh, uh, make it a discipline. Pray, you know, with your, with your spouse. Pray with your kids. Make it a, uh, pray at meals, you know, make prayer, a central part of your life so you can always keep your, your eyes on the Lord. Uh, another thing you can do is on Sunday mornings, 930, we're praying here every Sunday. Come join us for prayer. All right? And, uh, come join us and, and let's see what, what God might do there. Right? Because it, that makes us ask, you know, what, what would it look like if we really live this out? And Ben, you, can, you guys can come on up, Ben. 
Like, what would it look like if we really begun to be a people who, who prayed, right? Uh, I, I, I like the idea of becoming a believing generation, right? Instead of being an unbelieving generation, that, that us here at Anchor Church could be a, a believing generation, right? a, a generation of people who, who move towards God, who keep their eyes on Him, who pray in the difficult seasons and the good seasons, right? Who are, who are blessed to be a blessing. And I think if we, if we be, begun to do that, right, if we really have our eyes on Jesus and we're, Lord, help my unbelief. I, I want to grow. I want to know you more. I think we'll become a church that would be joyfully generous. Like we could really be the church that we're aspiring to be. Right? A, a church that is as generous with our time, our, our energy, and our effort, our, our money, that we could be that kind of people if we keep our eyes on Jesus. Uh, I believe we could be a, a church that could, could become passionately one, that we could grow in that and, and, and be in community and be in fellowship and, and, and be a people where uh, God can bring every tribe, tongue, and nation together. And form us into one, one new man, one new people, united in Christ. If we could keep our eyes on Jesus, I think we could become a people that were re truly relentlessly outward. Right? If we keep our eyes and, and, and are on Jesus, then we could we could leave this place and wherever Jesus has us going, right? Whether it's our gym or our workplaces or or uh, homeschool groups, or, or schools, wherever God might have us, that we might go out into the world and, and live as, as missionaries, right? To, to share the good news of Jesus, to, to, to love people who are, who are in a place where they're hurting. We could, we could be those, that kind of church, a church that could be purposely biblical in a world where it's not popular to, to say there's truth a church that stand for for truth and and for jesus and and and, and could show the world that there's a different way right we could stand out and be this unbelieving or this believing generation and i believe if we if we keep our eyes on jesus our faith will grow right if we'll run to him in those discouraged times if we'll keep our eyes on him in in those in those seasons of of blessing and if we'll keep our eyes on him our faith will grow, and, and I think God's power can work through us, right? Because like the disciples, we can't do anything without Jesus. Like we, we, we desperately need Jesus if he's going to work through us. If he's going to do, do these works, he's going he's gonna to do it through us as we keep our eyes on him, as we keep praying. So I want to encourage you guys in that, and, um, and, and just keep into Jesus. Let's pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, I we just uh, thank you for this amazing, this amazing story here, Lord, of your power, of your grace, of your mercy, Lord. Thank you that you don't, even when we're struggling in our belief, Lord, you don't push us away. You don't reject us. You move. So I just pray wherever we're at here, Lord, that we would 
we would examine our hearts, Lord, to find out where we're at. I pray for those that don't know you, Lord, that they would put their faith and trust in you, Jesus. I pray for those who are discouraged right now, Lord. Help them cling to you, Lord. Help them run to you. Help us not run away from you, Lord. And I pray for those of us who are comfortable. Lord, take us out of our comfort zone. Use us, Lord. Help us see that we need you. And above all, Lord, I, I pray that a sign of our, our belief would be that we would be a praying people. So we come to you, Lord, and we love you, we praise you, and thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. I really hope that you were encouraged by the sermon today. You can learn more about us at anchorchurchgilbert.com. We'd love to have you join our mailing list. You can do that on the website. If you have any questions for us about who Jesus is, please let us know through our website. I hope that you were encouraged.